extent now is Tyson actually relying and changing his style to a degree to rely more on power? Every time I speak to Tyson, he's much more happy. He always he says to me, I'm hitting 100% harder. I'm focused more. I'm not off balance like I was before. I said I couldn't get the power shots going, but now I can get the power shots going and plenty of them. Is it a danger, though, to sort of Tyson not to be using if this strength, if, if, Tyson puts on, if Tyson puts on a stone and a bit and goes here trying to knock him out, uh, I, I think it's a dangerous tactic. It's, a, it's crazy. Uh, Go trying to, there's uh, a way to knock him out. Yeah. He's not going to run in with his chin in the air no, 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 for no, a big point. I've rarely seen Tyson apply those tactics in fights. I normally normally softens you up, beat, breaks you up, gets you frustrated, get, makes you get miss and counters you. That's how I've seen his success. So if he's going to change his style for the first time against Deontay Wilder, I'm just saying it's a risky strategy. I just don't think he can deal with a 19-stone man, Wilder. And the first man to fight him in the was Tyson. He beat him on half mass, so he shouldn't even have been in the ring with him. He's not a great. And if, can, if he can punch that hard, how did Tyson get up in the 12th round? Nobody gets up in the 12th round with are all out, gassed out, finished. He had nothing left in him. He gets up. If he was such a banger, you don't get up, especially in the 12th round. And I can tell you that. So I'm quite confident his power ain't like it should be. And what greats has he fought? He never fought you, did he? No. Did he? And he's never fought anybody like him. He's never fought Steve Cunningham's. He's, he's never fought the, anybody of any remote like championship material, what's been proven and tested. They've all been handpicked. Do you think he'd been making a mistake to stand in front of him, trying to rely more on power and oh, looking? Maybe he's going to be aggressive. Maybe he's not. You know, I, I don't. He's I, uh, aggressive as he wants. I, and, and the same thing with Wilder, to tell you the truth. You know, they, you know Wilder's talking a, a big game. Fury's talking a big game. Obviously, they're both very confident. It, it's clear that they're, they're having good training camps. But... But I think, uh, um, I think to say what kind of fight we're going to see now, things could change between now and, and, and February 22nd. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to get bullied to death and stopped in about eight or nine rounds. But I will say, can Deontay fight going backwards? No. Can, can Deontay fight on the back foot? No way. He hasn't got the bottle he, a lot of his, A lot of his knockouts have come once his opponents throw the... He's a, count, he's a count... He's a count... Strangely, he's a counter-puncher. He's a counter-puncher with the right hand. Exactly. But is he going backwards a lot of times? Or is he no, set when he's going backwards? No, you watch all the fights. He doesn't go backwards. As they come in, so he doubles yeah, course, the impact but, of his shot. But not, move, not working going But he's backwards. not going back. What I'm saying is, usually a guy with a good jab can fight going backwards. Deontay... Has he needed to fight going backwards yet? Good point. Who, who it reinforces what, Big John's point. He fought. He fought Ortiz going backwards, yeah. but there was no jab there. What I'm saying is, I think he can fight going backwards against a certain level of opponent, but if you put a jab in his face, Deontay has a good jab, but we saw in the first fight that if you can negate his jab, his ability to create offense diminishes. If Tyson Fury is the weight that you want him to be, that Wilder's punch power isn't enough to I knock know. him out. I don't think the fight is being scored he's that way. He's fighting a man who's won the title legitimately. Beat Vladimir Klitschko. I, I, and look, you have plenty left because look what you've done to Joshua. We beat yeah. Joshua to death. David, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think that's crazy to think that no, you, don't, you, don't, you don't believe Wilder landing his perfect shot. I can answer that in one for you. Does Tyson, Tyson smashed him to pieces so and mixed him quick Ty, and Does Tyson believe what you believe that? 100% and more Wilder, again. So he believes he's going into a fight with Dante Wilder in a 12 round fight and, and he can't be hurt by Wilder. Let, oh, he knows he can be hurt, but the thing but is... But not we, hurt enough we, to be knocked no, out. No, no. Because I'll tell you what it is crazy, now. Crazy. How is it crazy when he couldn't beat him when he was... Well, he had nothing in him at all. By His body was like wet tissue paper. Guys, 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 why are we even having this debate? These no, are two world-class like, fighters that will make adjustments yeah. during the fight anyway. One's a great this fighter in the making and one's a good both, fighter. Both, both, both guys are going to probably have to adjust. Paulie, I've been up close and personal with Deontay Wilder. Mm -hmm. 
I sinned somewhat near his eyes, and I've been as close to him as I am to you. Mm -hmm. And I sinned what I sinned in him, and my son's got too much from him already, Bart. Was that, was that after the last fight, John? Was that after the last fight, John? No. It was in Ireland, I said. Him. Where it comes. I come right it's close good. to him and I thought, you know you what? You can't beat my son with Amran each and he's got Amazon each but, but I'll tell you what, he's never. John, when you, when you go to sleep at night, isn't there just a little bit of no. doubt in your head that no. the Wilder could improve? No, because he's 35 year old. Where does this fight stand then? In the sort of heavyweight history, potentially. This is this the biggest rivalry. fight of our era, my era. This is the one where Absolutely. two fighters have been, you know, arguably the best and both undefeated. They both got massive mm. records, big names, and they've had a great entertaining fight first time around, a bit of controversy, so they're doing it again. So they both know exactly what they're doing with. This is our generation's big one. This is the this is this is this is the this is the 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 Tyson Lennox. But, but in their primes. Imagine yeah. if the, the Lennox Tyson happens six years prime. before. Wow. Exactly and that's why you've got to commend these two men. Yeah. This is the fight boxing needs, and it's the, it's the biggest fight you can make in boxing right now. And so that's why it's commendable that they're doing it again. The time between now and the fight, the psychological games, the press conferences, the public appearances, how important are they now? What sort of an edge can be drawn? I think they're both so experienced, and I'm not sure if there's too much could be said. Um, banter between the two of them, I'm going to do this, I'm going to knock you out, I'm going to walk you down. I don't think anything that they can say to each other will affect their preparation and mindset. I think maybe Tyson may have got into Wilder's head first time round and forced him to come out gunslinging like he wanted him to, which would play into um, Fury's game. I think this time round, no matter what um, Fury says to Wilder and vice versa, it will have that much of an effect. Do you know how, how you know you're going to see a great fight? Go on, John. And I'm experiencing this feeling of seeing great fights in the ring and out the ring. How calm they are to each other. Yeah. Nobody's slagging that each other. That last press conference when they were sitting down opposite Honestly, each other. That, that's chatting. dangerous. That's that was dangerous scary, body wasn't language. Yeah. That these two men knowing, they both know that they're going to put their lives no on pushing, the line. No pushing. No shouting. They no think shoving. we haven't got to shout about it. We haven't got to do this. We haven't got to do that. The first time they met, it was a one-horse race, so they thought. But you know, this time they've got mutual respect for one another, and they know they're going to throw down and give the best. And you know that by how calm they are. You've heard the saying, calm before the storm. This is it. This is it. I do expect fight weeks from fight week fireworks. Um, but I think you've got to be careful if you're wilder, not to let it get in your head. And if you're fury, not to let, do, do so much of it that you forget about your own game plan, Train you know? Yourself, yeah. yeah, of course. A man, when he's pressured and he's in a hard time, he'll crack at the seams, and once he cracks, Crackle spread for me to Manchester and back, and it's over. I don't reckon Wilder. Do you want to bet then? I don't, I don't, I don't I'll bet, bet you fifty thousand pounds. I don't like to bet. I don't like to bet. I'll bet you fifty grand, hundred grand. I'm not bet, I'm a man of my word. It's not about betting. It's about my opinion. My opinion opinion's is good. Yeah. Um, Wilder won't crack. Well, he's not a cracking type of guy. We can see that. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's about. It's, no, it's about. I've never seen any. I've never seen anything in the ring when he's fought. I've never seen anything personality-wise. I've never seen anything inspiring that suggests he cracks under pressure. Until I see a man crack, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't fought anybody. Put Tyson, him under Tyson Fury proved he didn't crack last time out. Nick Tyson, let me tell you, you know, you know, any, you know Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Riddick Bowe, they'd have done my son a year ago in two rounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it because mm. he shouldn't have been in there. Mm. His body, you could put your finger in it that far. It was like a lot of tissue pair, all, all little saggy skin, like a blowed up balloon. I was in better shape. Because he'd lost all that weight. He'd he lost the weight. Yeah, he was okay. as weak as a kitten, but his self-belief, he said, my self-belief and my determination enough to beat him. He said, because I know he ain't got it. But listen, I'll be the first one to come and say, David, I'm wrong. Steve, I'm wrong. Paul, I'm wrong. John, I'm wrong. But I know this time, 
what my... Right, time for our next guest. Fighting yes, out of Leeds, yes. the current IBF featherweight champion oh, of the world with a record of 30 oh. and oh. oh. Yes, oh. Uh, Seven oh, yeah, right. by KO. It's Josh, the Leeds warrior, Warrington! <laughs> Good to see you. It's like his little baby. It is. We'll get on to that in a minute. <laughs> Yesterday, he had it in there. He's got it in a case. Jimmy's sitting with his feet on it. And he's like, what are you doing there? I'm going to be sandwiching in there, you know? <laughs> it looked like a poker case. So I thought there's nothing to it. It's only the bell. Uh, I thought I was DJ, didn't he? I was getting myself on his feet off there. Sorry. Sorry. Get to Sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, great to have you back, mate. Five years since you were back on. I can't believe that. Say again, mate. What have I done wrong to you? Five years? Well, you know, I played all that kind yeah. of stuff, isn't it? Well, you're back now. I'm back. Uh, you're Good back with back. us. You're back with uh, Matchroom. You're back yeah. on Sky Sports. Fantastic news. Yeah. I think I had a say in that. I've got to be honest. You I kept going so? over to Adam Smith and Johnny saying, you see his face? You got us getting back on. I've got to be honest with you. Um, because the... Uh, I know that you come on three times, you get a ball. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I wanted to get myself on there. And uh, your second time. having me because I'm on the other network. And, and this stuff, is your second so... time, isn't it? Brace, Look, brace. Brace. Do you give would, up for brace? Would you like a, you like a ball? Yeah, we're ball. Oh, no, he's got no, a ball. No, 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 no and then he caught the whiff. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next, next, next minute, you know, they're exchanging emails, phone calls, and they had a few meetings himself. And then we had our, we had a meeting as uh, self ready. Now, I'd not spoke to Eddie since, since I'd left him. We met in this, like, secret location. And uh, I'd gone incognito, sunglasses on, cap on, because we were all secret. All, nobody would, nobody did about it. <laughs> we're all dead secret. I've got my old fellow with me, got my manager with me, and I've... Uh, I put a shadow project on as well, so I'm dead hard, do you know what I mean? Oh, feeling yeah, like, yeah. Feeling, you'd have loved it, Fenners. Naughty, Fenners. Naughty, Anyway, gets in there as I'm walking in. I'm just chatting away to my old fella. And uh, someone in reception, fellow with a stripy shirt, he went, I hear that voice anyway. Is that Josh Waddington? <laughs> I turned around. He said, uh, can I get a picture? I said, uh, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate, no worries. Uh, and then I thought to myself, bloody hell, cover's been blown, that's it. But <laughs> gets into meeting room and Eddie wasn't there, so... We're just composing ourselves. I thought, I'm gonna play hard to get you. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll play hard to get. Like, Eddie's got a gift of gab, but I'm gonna play hard, hard to get. And within about 15, 20 minutes, you know, he's, 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 he's giving his normal speech, yeah. but then he went into no context turn. You know, he's, he's giving the full on press conference turn. Yeah. And the next minute, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Where do you want me to sign? Yeah. And my dad's like, yeah. my dad's like, prim proper. He's like, hey, Eddie, yeah, stop talking, you Will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yourself down and then the next minute, like, yeah, keep yourself together, Josh. Keep yourself rock hard. And he was like, Eddie's saying to me, you know, we've got to keep this, uh, we've got to keep this prim and proper, we've got to keep this quiet, we've got to keep it on low down. He said, I've not told anybody. I've got the biggest mouth in boxing, but I've not told anybody. Apart from one fellow out there, he might have a whiff. <laughs> I said, why is that? He said, there's a fellow with a stripy shirt out there. <laughs> he says, as I've walked in, he's gone, he said he earned, he said he earned. I can't believe it. I'm a massive boxing fan. Nice to meet you, you can get a picture. So he's going, yeah, no problem. He says, you never guess who's down there. <laughs> he's gone, who 
lose that then? Josh Warrington's down there. <laughs> Josh Warrington, it's unbelievable, that, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but luckily, you know, no, get have got put out and uh, no, stay quiet and then. Lovely. Things seem to move very quick since then, and here we are. Here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thanks We've seen the belt. If you could just show all that belt off, we're going to get a shot of it on there. That is the IBF World Featherweight belt. You've had a few Leeds legends do the ring walk with you. Um, just, just bring us up to speed. Who's done it? Oh, of, uh, Don Matteo, Vinnie Jones, uh, Jermaine Beckford, um, Pablo Hernandez did it last time. I've done a few uh, Leeds runners, Jimmy Jones, Ruth Cannon, yeah. Jimmy Peacock. So you got lined oh, yeah. up next. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we go to Edinley, because there's been a talks of a fight going there. Um, Rob Burrow. Yeah, nice one, great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely to have Rob down there. Um, if we go away, it'd be, like, it'd be nice to have um, David Batty there. David Batty. Nice to have David Batty there. What yeah. happened to David yeah. Batty? Have you, what, good luck, good luck tracking. I mean, you, you saw him. I, I mean, I've had, had a chat with him, I had a real good chat with him. He, he just he just don't like football no more. Nice. You know, he just don't like football. I mean, I met him a, a fair few years ago and uh, I just wouldn't be excited. I've walked in. Just like my sandwich case again. Walks in, <laughs> my belt. I'm thinking, oh, it's David Bio. <laughs> it's a man. All right, Josh, how are you, lad? What's in there? British, go on, get it out. Let's have a look at it then. And we just had a bit of a chat, but we talking about boxing, talking about just anything and everything. And we got into football. And he was just like, I says, do you not, not follow football? I don't know, man. Yeah. See Leeds? No, nah. she still have planning. I like motorbikes, though. I like boxing. Shall we talk about boxing some more? Yeah, <laughs> Not really. really. If, if, anyone, if anyone sees or knows where David is and, and, and can get in touch, because we'd like to put a shout because I think we put a shout into Lucas Radaby, didn't we? Yeah, we had the Chief. And I think I'd like to say that we helped to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. But if we could get David Batty to come, I mean, that would be astonishing, oh, be wouldn't it? I'd be brilliant on his motorbike, wouldn't he? Like Undertaker coming in on motorbikes. So, um, You've had some incredible fights recently. Uh, you beat uh, Lee Selby, you beat Carl Frampton, you beat Keith Galahad. Um, you've proved a lot of people wrong. What's next and who's next? Looking to unify. One, I want to fight another one of the champions, Gary Russell Jr., Shakur Stevenson, Kanju. I just want to win another belt, you know. Um, I want to be part of them big nights, them big fights. So, Eddie's on with it. We're looking to potentially be going to Edinburgh. We're looking at potentially going to the States. And uh, we'll just see what comes next. All right, Fantastic. but do you hope to be fighting? Um, when, when, what sort of date are we looking at, do you think? We're looking at May, June time. Right, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always training. Yeah, I'm always right. keeping myself, like, keep myself ticking yeah. over. Yeah. But um, I'm just waiting for that phone to go, actually. Hold on. No, no, no. Fire fire fight with air. Could be any time, you see, John. Could be any time. Good summer, good fight in the summer. Good event. Yeah, yeah, lovely. For the time being, brilliant to have you back, mate. Josh, Eddie, I've been looking forward to speaking to you all morning. You're a man very much in demand at the moment. I presume this is the start of what's going to be another very busy day for you. Yeah, busy day, busy week. It's, it's boxing, you know, but of course now um, we come into the office this morning with the entire heavyweight division on lockdown for Great Britain. I mean, what a time for us, what a time for the country, what a time for the sport. And, you know, whether you're an AJ fan or a Fury fan or both, understand this. Right now, the heavyweight division is owned by Great Britain. Tyson Fury has the WBC belt and the Ring Magazine belt. Anthony Joshua has the WBA, the IBF, the WBO, the IBO belts. And, what, two or three months ago, you know, the, the, the division was owned by the PBC and the United States of America with Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz. So, 
Great for the sport, huge kick in the arm right now. Great Britain owning the heavyweight division. Now it's time to find out who the real governor is. Absolutely. We'll talk about the head-to-head -head shortly. Eddie, I just want to first speak to you about Tyson Fury's performance uh, last weekend. Did you expect that kind of performance from him? No, I thought it was sensational. I mean, Fury is a maverick. You know, the amount of times that I've said, no, he's not going to do that, you know, when he went to uh, Germany to fight Vladimir Klitschko, no chance. Schooled him. The first Wilder fight, no, it's going to get knocked out. You know, won the fight, really, was unlucky to only get a draw. And this time, I'd heard out of his camp that he was planning to do all the things he actually did, which was be aggressive, go on the front foot, try and trade with him, try and knock him out, all the things that you've never seen Fury do before. And for me, that was the most impressive thing about the performance. I hated the tactics. They ended up being genius. And a lot of credit to Sugar Hill, a lot of credit to Andy Lee, Fantastic uh, tactic going into the fight, and it was a brilliant performance. You know, one of the great British performances of all time, and you know, he battered Deontay Wilder. Let's have it right. It wasn't that Wilder was in the fight. Wilder didn't look right from the get-go. I think Fury probably did his head in in the build-up. I mean, they, they, they ran those guys ragged in the promotion of that fight, and by the time they got to the ring, Wilder looked like he was out of juice already. And, but Fury just completely dominated him, battered him, battered him. And now we've got to see what Deontay Wilder's made of because he's got to quickly make a decision if he wants to have a rematch. And that's really the wait for us now whilst we're also negotiating the, the Kubrat Pulev fight, which is Anthony Joshua's next mandatory. You mentioned there that he schooled the likes of Klitschko and then Deontay Wilder, two massive um, contenders in the heavyweight game, legends of the sport, really. Do you yourself, Eddie, or Anthony himself, have any concerns that that could happen if these two fight? It's a very, very tough fight. It's a 50-50 fight between the, the unified, well, one unified heavyweight world champion and the WBC world heavyweight champion. Fury has gone out, he's beaten Klitschko, he's beaten Wilder. You know, his resume now stands as possibly one of the best in the division. I think when you look at Joshua's whole resume as well, it's in, increasingly uh, impressive. But it's all irrelevant at the end of the day. And I said to AJ last night, you know, the great thing about this is you're going into the fight as the underdog. You know, very rarely will you see AJ go into any fight as the underdog, but this time, you look at the betting markets, AJ is the underdog against Tyson Fury. Perfect, just how we want it. We believe we've got the man who can be the undisputed heavyweight world champion. Tyson Fury believes he can beat Anthony Joshua. Only one way to find out, let's make it happen. But what a time, you know, as I said, what a time for the division. Do we have concerns about Tyson Fury? Great fighter, very clever fighter. And now has shown a little bit of another dimension where he's actually gone in and been aggressive in the fight. Will he do that against Anthony Joshua? Different kettle of fish. Anthony Joshua is not a 15-stone Deontay Wilder who can punch a bit but, you know, looks bad going backwards, can get mauled in clinches, can get pushed around. Joshua is a big, big heavyweight as they both are. And when they come together, it's going to be something very special. Absolutely. You mentioned there one of the biggest hurdles is that Deontay Wilder has that rematch clause if he wants to take it. If you were promoting him, what would you advise Wilder to do, Eddie, at this point, after such a dominant win? Well, I don't want him to take the rematch, but if you're asking me honestly, you have to take the rematch because you know, we had a similar position with Andy Ruiz against Anthony Joshua. You know, we had 28 days to exercise the rematch clause. 
I went to see Anthony Joshua when he lost to Andy Ruiz the day after in his, in his apartment in New York. We wouldn't only ever take him one fight, but I believe Anthony Joshua's made a different kind of stuff to Deontay Wilder. Wilder had a look in his eye on Saturday to say, I don't even want to be here. You know, he's made his money. What's his desire to come back? The problem is, if you don't take the rematch now, do you ever get your shot? Because AJ's going to fight a fury. They might do it twice. They might do it three times. Who knows? So right now, my money actually is on Wilder to rematch Anthony Fury. I hope he does. Uh, uh, Tyson Fury. I hope he doesn't. But also at the same time, it's the timings. You know, at the end of the day, Joshua is going to fight in June and in November, December. We don't mind waiting for the Fury fight till November, December. We'd rather it happens in June or July. But it must happen this year because both guys want the fight. So there's no reason why not to. So I'm secretly hoping that Deontay Wilder doesn't take the rematch. But my belief is that he will because he'll feel that it's his chance to regain his World Heavyweight Championship. I think no doubt as well, Eddie, fans of British boxing really want to see AJ go up against Tyson Fury. So what needs to happen for this fight to take place? And have you uh, spoken to Frank Warren yet? No, I've spoke to I mean, his, his setup's quite interesting. He's promoted by Bob Arum, predominantly. Frank Warren's also involved. MTK are his management company. I've spoke to Top Rank and I've spoke to MTK straight after the fight. Everybody's very clear on this. Everybody wants this fight. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, MTK, Top Rank, Frank Warren, Matram, Sky, whoever else it has to be on. And there's, a, there's some hurdles to overcome on the broadcasting, but nothing too much. I promise you, this fight will happen. As long as they win, if, you, if, if we have to fight Pulev, we've got to beat Pulev. And if he has to fight Wilder, he's got to beat Wilder again. Both of those things will happen. Fury will beat Wilder again. And AJ will knock Pulev clean out, despite Bob Arum telling us very differently. And you will get this fight. We will do everything that it takes to make this fight. And for once, last time you had us and you had Team Wilder and we were, lock we were locking heads. Right now you have two guys and two camps that genuinely want this fight, that genuinely will do everything they can to make this fight. It is the only fight. When are we ever going to get the chance of two British World Heavyweight Championship champions fighting for the undisputed title against each other? It's never happened before. It will never happen again. We'd be clowns, we'd be idiots if we didn't make this fight. We believe we win the fight. They believe they win the fight. So let's see it. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, people talk about the money, people talk about where it's going to be. Forget all that for one second and just strip it all back to the beauty of sport and understand what we have here. Total domination of the heavyweight division in this country. This little old country called Great Britain. You've got all these Americans, oh, you guys over the pond, you know, who are you? What do you have over there? Well, I'll tell you what we have. We have the golden keys to the chalice. So... We are kings, Great Britain. We are the kings of the world in boxing right now. But let's not waste it. Let's give us a chance to make history. Two British heavyweight world champions clashing for the undisputed world heavyweight title. We're on top of the world. So let's capitalise it. Let's make the most of it. And like I said, from our side, we will do everything it takes to make this fight. And I honestly believe they will too.
So it's obvious you want it to happen, Eddie, as do we all, I think. But uh, what about Anthony Joshua? He's been sort of un uncharacteristically quiet since Fury's win. What has he said to you since that? We've seen a few Instagram posts, but giving away nothing. What has he said to you? Yeah, not, not, not quiet. It's just not his style. You know, people said, oh, why wasn't he ringside? He's, you're never going to see AJ. When has AJ ever been ringside trying to climb into the ring, go off the top rope, WWE style? Not his style. He's quietly confident. He fights absolutely everybody that's put in front of him. He phoned me yesterday. We, we had a good conversation on the phone. And his, his first thing that he said is, how do we make this fight happen? That was the first thing that was said. And I said to him, look, firstly, this hinges on Wilder. You know, if we can go straight into the Fury fight this summer, that is everybody's preference. Kubrat Pulev is also promoted by Top Rank. There is a move to be made there where we can make Pulev wait and we can do this undisputed fight in the summer. But we wait on Wilder because if he exercises the rematch, we have no choice but to fight Pulev next and then fight the winner of Wilder against Fury. So everything is possible. AJ, you know, he's, he's won the world championship after 16 fights. He's defended it twice. Then he unified against Vladimir Klitschko in one of the greatest fights of all times. Then he fought Takam. Then he unified against, against Joseph Parker. Then he beat his mandatory Povetkin. Then he lost to Andy Ruiz. Then he avenged the defeat. He's a two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Unified the belt. All he wants to do now is go forward and prove he's the best in the division and create a legacy that can prove to everybody that he is. And for the first time, as I said, he's the underdog. And I love that. I love seeing Anthony Joshua as the underdog. He was when he boxed Vladimir Klitschko. We saw the performance there. Let everybody think that Tyson Fury is going to school AJ. He's too good. He's the king of the castle. And AJ will do what he always does. He will work diligently behind closed doors to improve as a fighter and to win this fight. And then there will be no arguments. Because as good as the performance was from Tyson Fury, you cannot categorically say that the best heavyweight in the world is Tyson Fury. Until these two fight, it will not be resolved who is the king. And we want to see it. And it's the best thing that could happen to the sport in this country. And it's so good for the sport that we have a chance to find out who is very best. And we have to all do what we can to make this fight. So we wait on Wilder. We talk about uncharacteristically quiet. Deontay Wilder's been uncharacteristically quiet. He didn't even go to the press conference. He hasn't even said a word since. In fact, his soul might still be at the MGM Garden Arena. So who knows whether we'll even see him again. But now we'll see what he's made of as a person. I expect him to come out today, issue a statement on Instagram or wherever and say, congratulations, I'll be back. I'm taking this rematch. If that is, we go ahead, Kubrat Pulev, deal with the mandatory, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in June, 80,000 people, put in a devastating performance. We wait for that second fight and then we go straight into Tyson Fury. If there's a way to make it happen in the summer, that is our preference. And we would love to go straight into the Tyson Fury fight. Can I just uh, briefly clarify, Eddie, that that fight in June, Pulev or Joshua, is done for Tottenham Hotspur Stadium now? Um, I was, my big mouth there running away with me. Uh, not completely done, but we have an agreement in principle with Team Pulev. Um, we've been down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. June the 20th is the proposed date. We're very close to a deal now with, with Spurs. That is our stadium of choice for that fight. Anthony Joshua is desperate to return back to the UK to fight. Um, but again, Pulev is promoted by top rank. So the conversations over the weekend have been with MTK and top rank to say, how do we manoeuvre Joshua against Fury for the summer? 
But we all agree we wait on Deontay Wilder's decision and when he eventually surfaces after that beating on Saturday and decides what he's going to do next. Really, really interesting to talk to you. Thanks Great for coming on this question. morning, Eddie. If we don't fight Deontay Wilder, it is June the 20th at Spurs. We look forward to it. Thank you very much, Eddie Hearn, for joining us this morning on Sky Sports News. Cheers. He just, he just keeps doing it. I mean, the amount of times, every time he seems to go into a fight like that, I look at it, I look at Fury, I look at you know, everything that I expect to happen, and then he just goes and does completely the opposite. You know, when he boxed Vladimir Klitschko, I didn't give him a chance in that fight. The Wilder fight, the first one, I thought he'd get knocked out. You know, he, he, he won the fight, in my opinion, obviously, got up off the deck twice. And in this fight, you know, all the things that I was hearing out of the camp were, he's going to try and be aggressive, he's going to try and be heavy and go for the knockout. And I thought, this is the worst idea you could ever have. And it ended up being a brilliant idea. Genius tactics from Tyson, and particularly credit to Sugar Hill and Andy Lee as well, um, on, on just really thinking about the process, thinking about the fight, understanding what happened in, in the first fight and putting a game plan together that Wilder couldn't deal with. You know, he looked flat in the fight, his legs looked gone in the first round, let alone the third round. The right hand round the ear, you know, whether it damaged his ear, the shot obviously affected his equilibrium. He couldn't stand up. And from there, he just mauled him, he battered him, and he did all the things that he said he was going to do, other than the second round knockout. And, you know, he was telling the truth. I thought he should go in there and do what he does, you know, be awkward, move around and just win round after round. But it was a brilliant performance, really good performance. You know, it has to go down as one of the top British performances, particularly on away soil as well, and, and you know, a worthy champion. And um, it wasn't even like Wilder won a round, won 30 seconds. Maybe the second round, you know, was the only round that was even relatively close. Otherwise, it was a complete domination and a great performance. Yeah, I spoke to him straight after the fight, and then I spoke to him yesterday as well at length. And the first thing he said to me yesterday was, how, would, how do we make this fight happen? And I said, you know what, I don't think you need to worry because I think genuinely, you know, you've got people on that side that want this fight. We want this fight badly. And for the first time in AJ's career, he's an underdog going into a fight. And I love that. You know, people high on Tyson Fury's victory, and rightfully so. But this is a different kind of animal to Deontay Wilder. This is not a, a light. Deontay Wilder, who can get bullied around and push backwards. This is a big, big heavyweight against another big heavyweight. And we've got to try and do everything we can to make this fight. Let's, let's have it right for the first time ever. And, and you know, this will never happen again. Britain dominates and owns the heavyweight division. Three months ago, we were sitting here. Deontay Wilder was champion. Andy Ruiz was champion. Al Heyman, America. They had all the belts. I kind of got the feeling they were almost laughing at us over there from the other side of the pond. Now, this little old country has complete domination of the heavyweight division. Tyson Fury has the WBC, the Ring Magazine title. Anthony Joshua has the WBA, the IBF, the WBO, the IBO World Championships. Britain owns the heavyweight division, the biggest division in the sport of boxing. Now, we have the opportunity to make an event. It's not just the biggest event in British boxing history. One of the biggest sporting events of all time. Two Brits going for the undisputed heavyweight world champions. Two completely different individuals. Two completely different fan bases. But two great heavyweight world champions. Two guys with great comeback stories. You know, Fury out of the ring. What he's come back from, it's been incredible. Joshua almost humiliated at Madison Square Garden. What he had to pick himself up from, come back from after being written off. Both incredible stories, both great fighters. I just believe we've got the guy 
you know, I believe we've got the best heavyweight in the world and we're willing to put it on the line and prove it. And if it can happen next, great. If not, we know we've got to fight Pulev, who's also promoted by top rank, like Fury, which is great for the whole dynamics of stuff. But genuinely, Fury will want this fight. AJ wants this fight. Everybody knows that this is a monstrous fight. And sometimes you get people that were just willing to come together and make a fight because you know it makes perfect sense. How can it not make perfect sense? Two British world heavyweight champions. Let's do it. He's gone. He's been very quiet since the the uh, you know, and he said a lot in the build up to that fight. And I know people, you know, you have to give him a huge amount of respect. He hung in there. He stayed at it. He didn't quit. The towel came in in the end. By the way, absolutely perfect decision from Mark Brillen. You know, you had JDS come out and say, I can't believe he threw the title. The guy couldn't stand up. The guy didn't want to be there. You could see in his face, his head was in the towel. He had blood coming from his ear, blood coming from his mouth. He could not stand up. In fact, he's lucky that he didn't get hurt in that fight because a bigger puncher and someone that could potentially land cleaner could have really done some damage in that fight. So you have to respect Wilder. At the same time, it was such a catastrophic beating that how do you come back from that? And like I said, it wasn't that he was in the fight or he had a couple of good rounds and got caught. He got battered from start to finish. So we'll see what he's made of. It's very difficult to come back from that kind of defeat. You know, and going back to AJ, I remember going around to his apartment on the Sunday after that fight. But all we discussed from the dressing room after the fight to the next day to the day after was, we'll get him in a rematch. You'll win the rematch. And I'm guessing that that's the noise that will come from the Wilder camp. I hope that he doesn't take the rematch. And probably the right thing to do isn't take the rematch. But it's very difficult when you've got a straight chance to win your title back not to take it. And I think if he doesn't take it, he's going to get a huge amount of criticism. And if he doesn't take it, he may never get another chance. So we'll see. If he does take the rematch, we deal with Pulev and then we try and make that fight in November, December. If he doesn't take the rematch, perfect. We go straight into the Fury fight. We're willing to do it. I spoke to MTK. I spoke to Top Rank already. We're happy to all move together and make that fight for the summer. My gut feeling is Wilder will come out today and say, respect to Fury, but I'll be back and I will beat him in the rematch. But for me, this fight is happening. You know, all AJ and uh, Fury have got to do is win their next fight. And we may even see it sooner, but worst case scenario, all they've got to do is win their last fight. Yeah, I mean, he gave me, a, you know, he piped up on, on Twitter and he texted me last night saying, you know, make the fight. The, the truth is, Maurizio Suleiman, wrongly in my opinion, has made it clear that Dillian White will be called for the mandatory in February 21. So if I'm Dillian right now, we know he's got a Povetkin fight coming up. He's actually in a great spot because I believe Wilder would have done everything he could to avoid Dillian White. Not necessarily because he was afraid of him, just because I think he's got to that point now in the egos where it's like, no, I'll make you wait. Now, Fury's not going to duck Dillian White if, if he's mandatory. And at the end of the day, AJ will fight Fury and Dillian White will be mandatory for the winner. So he's in a great spot. It's just come a year too late. And the problem with the Rivas UCAD situation, in my opinion, was that the WBC acted too quickly as almost like an excuse to put his mandatory on ice, you know, allow these two Fury Wilder fights. But publicly, they've said it so many times, February 21. So we know it's just under a year to wait, but it's two fights, the first being Povetkin. And listen, let's give Dillian White some credit. Time and time again, he's going into tough fights when he doesn't have to. He's WBC interim world champion. He's been mandatory for about 46 years. You know, how, at what point are the WBC just going to turn around and say enough is enough? But we know that the worst case 
is February 21. But again, he's, bo he's boxed Chisora twice. He's beat Joseph Parker. He boxed Rivas. Um, now he's boxing Povetkin. He's fighting all these guys that you just wouldn't pick while you're waiting for a shot. So give him the credit. He's deserved his shot. He's interim world champion. And one of the things that's probably gone missing in all this is right now, Dillian White is officially the mandatory challenger of Tyson Fury. So his shot will come. We've just got to push it and push it. Unfortunately for me, the question I'm getting nonstop is, when's Fury against Joshua? And that is the fight people want to see. They'd love to see Wilder, uh, sorry, Fury against White as well. But ultimately, we have a chance to make an undisputed fight, but Dillian Wright is right, right there. He's going to get his shot, and he's going to be in the biggest fight possible in the division. Well, look, I think, you know, if, if you're honest, and it's, it's easy for me to come on to any interview and say, Britain, you know, this fight must take place in Britain, and, and you know, it doesn't matter about the money. We also know this is the fight game, this is prize fighting, and you have teams of people that want to generate the most amount of money for their fighter, for them. There's a lot of greed, you know, sometimes from me. But ultimately, if you ask me an honest question, where should that fight take place? Britain, of course. But there's a reason that Tyson Fury hasn't boxed in Britain for the last four fights. It's to take more money to fight in America. So, and again, I think if you ask Fury and AJ, where would you most like that fight? They'd say Wembley Stadium. But we know it's not just a big fight in Britain, it's the biggest fight in world boxing. So we're going to get offers coming in from Middle East, from the Far East, you know, from Eastern Europe, from America, from, from the UK. The model will have to change for the UK. You know, maybe even the government will have to get involved, like they do in the Middle East or like they do in other potential sites, and say, we need this fight here. Because it's impossible to take a fight for a quarter or a third of the money that you could get elsewhere. It's a prize fight. And this fight is the ultimate challenge for both of those guys. But if we can get it in the UK, special, special times. And, and we should do everything we can to try and make that fight in the UK. Joshua wants to fight in the UK. That's why he's fighting Pulev. He's having to take half the money that he could make elsewhere to fight in the UK. But he's done Madison Square Garden. He's done Saudi Arabia. It's time to bring AJ home. If that's against Pulev, or better if that's against Fury, let's see those fights in the UK. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. You must be feeling on top of the world. Ecstatic, I think it's a word, and that's an understatement. Oh, you sound just like him. It's, I do? It's, it's like he's in the studio. Yes, well, people have said that to me before. Mm. And you're a massive influence on him, of course, because what age was Tyson when you started training him up? Oh, five to six years old. Ah, oh, incredible. Yeah. And you, of course, a boxer yourself. I was, yes, yeah. Uh, with considerable success. When did you realise that he could be this successful? When he was about 10 years old, I took him training with me. He used to always say to me, can I go with you, Dad? Mm -hmm. And he plagued the life out of me sort of thing for I took him. And he uh, um, used to watch everything and he used to observe and he used to say, I can do that and I think I can do it better. <laughs> I used to say, be quiet, son, and watch, or he won't be coming again. Buy him a McDonald's, sit him down. He'd eat his McDonald's, then he'd be shadow boxing in the ring, he'd be on the bags and whatnot. You couldn't keep him off him. And I knew then, I thought, well, I'll put him in and let him have a little bit of a move around with a young boy. Yeah. Where did you see the fight? Where were you watching? I was watching at the BT studios. OK. Because I did the York Hall show, the commentary, earlier on. And they was good enough to let me have a room by myself. And when you were watching, was there ever any doubt in your mind as to which way it was going to go? Absolutely not. No, because I know what's inside of my son. I know how driven he is. We knew what to expect. We're boxing him before. And Tyson is a fearless, fearless, fearless athlete. 
And when he's got on the mission, he'll see it through. And I have total confidence in him. He looked fantastic um, as he came in. He came into Patsy Cline's Crazy, of course, which is such a sort of low-key, beautiful song. But it wasn't the kind of hyped-up, pumped-up, motivational tune you'd expect. Was that all about saying, I'm chilled and I've got this? To be honest with you, that song comes from being in the car with me from being a boy. Because when we used to go all over to work and I took him with me to the gyms and I was always playing Patsy Cline. Really? Because she was one of my favourite singers, even though she died in an aircraft before I was born. Mm. I like that kind of music and I like that kind of time and I think it stems from them. Mm. And we all had good times when we was playing all that kind of thing, you know, and I think it was just something to go back to the norm, basically, for him. Deontay, to chill him out. Yeah, and it, I mean, obviously put him in absolutely the right mindset. Yeah. Deontay Wilder looked so sharp, I have to say, he looked so fit and he appeared to be, you know, talking the talk and absolutely he appeared to be in the right mindset. But it was almost as soon as they got in the ring, Tyson got him on the back foot and never really let up, did That he? was the plan there, Susanna, that was the plan from word off. I'd studied Deontay Wilder a lot, you know, and um, I've seen a lot of fighting men in my life, I know how they tick. Yeah and uh, nine times out of ten, I'm a pretty good judge of what they do. And uh, I come to the assumption he'd never been forced back or put under pressure, and I was under the impression like he would have cracked. That, it was part of that pressure down to the fact that Tyson was a lot heavier. I mean, what was the dif difference in weight? I think uh, Tyson was 273 and Wilder was two, three, uh, um, 231. It's about three stone. It is. Isn't it? So, yeah. And that weight works to your advantage, presumably, in the clinch. If you know what you're doing. Wears them down. Yeah. But, again, if you're carrying more weight as the tight fight goes on, it gets much more tiring. Yes, but uh, we're forgetting that Tyson's nearly seven feet tall. You know, he can carry this extra stone. But the difference is with Tyson, being a stone lighter or stone heavier, it affects his punch power. And I saw this early on in his career. When he drops round about the 18 stone mark, two or three, he doesn't carry the same firepower. Right, when so he, he needs up, to stay a bit yes, heavier. But I, I it took a lot of getting through to him, this, because yeah. I think he was more concentrating on being like a body beautiful than a, a strong fighting wrecking machine that he is. And I said, look, it's in your DNA. You're never going to have a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. So forget that one. You're here to do one thing. You're a fighting man and uh, do what's best for you. And in those clinches, he really leaned on Absolutely. Deontay, that didn't he? Absolutely, that was the plan, yeah. Yeah, and, and that weight, of course, leaning on him. I mean, you could see Deontay's legs go quite early on, I thought, in the fight. He just didn't seem to be able to get the strength in his legs to keep him up. No. And then, of course, there was, you know, he was bleeding from his ear mm -hmm. quite early on. And what was it, the seventh round, yeah. the, the team threw in the towel? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, absolutely magnificent moment from, for Tyson. Yeah. I mean, absolutely remarkable. I mean, he knocked him down a couple of times, only, I think, in the, fifth, the third and the fifth mm. rounds. But for Deontay Wilder, you could see the pride, the hurt pride on his face where, and turning to his team and saying, what have you done? That's a tough moment, isn't it? I'll be honest with you. I wanted to say to the press and the papers that I told you so, Deontay Wilder would crack. But on the contrary, I got everything right except that. Mm -hmm. Deontay Wilder, he showed extreme heart of a champion. And he was a worthy champion. And he proved that because he took a lot, a lot of stick. This is, a, this is a triumph in more than one way for your son. To be to, to win on Saturday night was yeah. fantastic. But to, after the troubles he's been through, mm -hmm. yes. did you ever 
worried that this moment might never come again with his personal difficulties and his depression and I'll got out of shape. I'm sat here today and I still keep pinching myself because where he was two years ago, there was, he was, there was no hope, basically. He was that low, he went that far back, I didn't think he was ever going to get back. You know, a light switch just went on and off and uh, here we are today, you know, but uh, I just think myself, there's more to life than we see with the eye, you know, and it's got, there's got to be because he was in such a mess, you know. Just describe him at his lowest. I mean, to, to be at a point where his own dad thinks he's not going to come back from it, yeah. is, that must have been very, very dark. It was. It was a dark time. And um, when you see a man what was like drinking himself to death to escape reality, and uh, he was eating all kinds of food in the bucket load, and he was doing it in front of you. And he, he, when, when, he, when your son stops caring what you think a father and a parent, that's time to worry. Mm -hmm. Next fight. Deontay Wilder rematch, or do you want to go straight to Anthony Joshua? I want my son to retire now. Now? Yeah. Without meeting that's Anthony Joshua? That's just my opinion. Why? Because I think he's done enough. He's got no more to prove. He's proved he's been a, a worthy champion from this country. He's been 13 years as a pro, and he's always been the opponent. Wherever he's gone to, it's been an uphill battle for him. You know, and he's 32 years old, he's got a young family, and I do believe his children deserve a father, and he's done enough. And that's my opinion. I'd want him to pack it in now. I've said that to him. You've said that to him, and what does he say when you have that conversation? I think it's in the back of his mind, to be fair, because he can't do any more. He's won every professional title, Susanna, he is to win. Amateur, professional. The only one he never won was the Olympic gold medal, because he never even went. But I think it's an, enough's enough, and there's more to life now. He's give it all. I think he's give his all in boxing. So I know he's got a lot more left. Uh, he, I mean, he said that he hasn't said publicly that he would No, that's that just my opinion. Stop. That's what I want him to do. Yeah, mm. but he has said... Um, uh, while, I mean, Wilder can request that rematch, of course. Tyson Fury pointed to a meeting with Anthony Joshua, saying, I've got another old fella across the pond who might want a little tickle. <laughs> then that is it, then. It's completed, done. So do you think if he fights Joshua, that would then be it? I don't agree with that, because uh, um, when you... Sold one point, five more come into play. And I just think to myself, you know, where does it end? How long is a piece of string? You know, on, on Joshua, Tyson's proved he's above that level. Yeah. You know, Joshua's lost to a lot lesser man than Deontay Wilder. You know, and you sin the rematch, mm. would it be much of a contest? He's a good fighter, Deontay Wilder, he's doing a great job. It's a young man's game, let the young guns come through and let them have a go. Hi there, welcome to the latest edition of Seconds Out Reflections. I'm Danny Flexen, I'm here every Monday 4.30pm to talk about the boxing action of the weekend just gone. And if you don't already know the big news of the weekend then you can't truly class yourself as a boxing fan as we have a new WBC heavyweight champion, a new consensus heavyweight number one and probably a new top five entrant in the pound for pound rankings all in one night. And that's from Tyson Fury's dominant, exciting an explosive victory over Deontay Wilder um, in Las Vegas on Saturday night. Uh, coming off their contentious draw um, back in December 2018. People were split. Some thought Wilder would finally catch up to Fury, having dropped him twice um, in their first fight. 
Whereas others thought Fury this time would be a bit more careful and cruise his way to the points victory he perhaps should have been awarded first time around. Well, as it turned out, neither of those schools of thoughts were correct and Fury wasn't lying when he said he was going to fight aggressively and close Wilder down. As it turned out, Fury did just that, dominating pretty much every round, um, dropping Wilder twice before the towel came in from Wilder's corner. Um, signs of jubilation from there on in from Fury, his team and fan base. And it was just an incredible performance. Um, Fury was on the front foot from the start, kept Wilder guessing and threw more shots than his usual, mixed it up nicely as well, um, head and body, straight shots to the head, hooks to the body, and worked hard in the clinches too. A little bit of dirty dirty boxing, I guess you call it, in the clinches too, um, but nothing that saw the referee get too annoyed in terms of infractions, although he did ultimately dock a point from Fury for pushing the head down um, at one point. But it, it mattered for nothing. He was well ahead on the cards. And it was different from Wilder's recent rematch with Luis Ortiz, where he was outboxed for several rounds before finding the finishing punch. This wasn't Wilder kind of prowling despite being a mile behind. This was Wilder on the back foot, both literally and figuratively, not really knowing what was going on. Um, and from about round five onwards, he seemed a bit, not just in awe, but a bit not quite with it, a bit spaced out. And although I believe in the post-fight, his trainer, Jay Diaz, um, questioned the decision of his assistant, Mark Breeden, to throw the towel in. I don't think there can be any doubt. I think, if anything, it could have come in earlier. Um, Fury was so dominant. Wilder had a cut mouth, um, blood coming from a cut inside the ear also. He'd been battered. But more than that, he had a forlorn look about him. He didn't seem to know how to get back in the fight. It wasn't this belief in his punch that he always kept that he knew he was going to get the get to Fury in the end. It was more just a dogged refusal to quit. And he said afterwards, I wanted to go out of my shield. But that's why we have trainers, to protect fighters from themselves. And Wilder's still young enough and dangerous enough to come again. But on this night, Fury looked unbeatable, um, certainly by any heavyweights of the current era. And I mean no disrespect to the likes of Anthony Joshua when I say that. But his timing, his accuracy, his tactics, they were all spot on. And he was so focused. Even when it became, it resembled a procession by rounds four or five, he never got cocky. He never showboated in the way the Fury of old would have. He stayed focused. He had the keen eye. You could tell, you know, laser focus for the whole fight right up until the end when he could finally release and celebrate. Credit too, of course, goes to Sugar Hill Stewart who came in um, just for this fight and, and we don't know if he's going to continue in Fury's corner going forward. His uncle, Emmanuel Stewart, the late great Emmanuel Stewart, of course, was known in the later part of his career for being a bit of a hired gun and someone who came in for the big fights. And his nephew did him proud, um, fulfilling what could turn out to be a similar role for Fury against Wilder. Credit, obviously, has to go to Fury himself. While we look at the guys that have trained him in the past, um, Huey Fury, his uncle initially, and his dad, John, of course, Peter Fury, um, who really moulded him and took him to that famous victory out in Dusseldorf over Vladimir Klitschko. And then Ben Davison, of course, who took Fury or helped Fury back from the brink when he went, blew up way over 400 pounds, had problems with mental health, cocaine, of course, um, drinking too much. And Fury's family obviously had a say in that as well, as did the man himself, showing incredible fortitude to come back from such a low ebb. But Ben Davison was with him all the way through and he took Fury back to the brink of this success. It was, and then Sugar Hill Stewart obviously carried him over the line. Fury's had so many problems in his up and down career as someone of his character. It's not really a surprise. But to come back from that victory over Klitschko, the failed drug test, of course, the cocaine problems, the weight gain, the weight loss, 
Um, all the things that have happened to him, all the controversy, um, two and a half year hiatus as well, out of the ring, came back, still looked rusty at first, um, fought to that draw of Wilder, which really should have been a win, didn't let that dishearten him. If anything, it made his resolve even stronger. Came back with two more comeback wins, looked a bit shaky in the last one against Otto Varling, suffered a terrible cut as well, people were unsure um, whether his skin was going to hold up against Wilder, was it too soon? Um, and just, yeah, I can see why some people bet on Wilder. I predicted Fury points, which obviously was only half right. So I'm not going to take too much credit for that. But just an incredible performance. I didn't think for a second that he would be as aggressive as he was. But it was a joy to see. And even being aggressive, he didn't leave himself open enough for Wilder to catch him. He hardly took a clean shot throughout the fight. And Wilder is, of course, one of the most dangerous men of any weight in boxing. Um, Fury, for someone who was ringside, not just for his first um, pro fight in Nottingham Arena on the undercard of Carl Froch against Jean Pascal back in 2008, but also four of his first six fights I watched at ringside back in the boxing news days. I covered a lot of the Hennessy sports shows. What that says about where I was allocated, think what you will, do you know what I mean? But I was lucky enough to see Fury emerge. A um, lot different from the fighter he is now and a lot different from the man he is now, but it's been a pleasure for the most part, to document the journey and just incredible performance on Saturday night. Where he goes from here is anyone's guess. I would hope an undisputed unification with Anthony Joshua or British fight could be one of the biggest British fights ever. Um, hopefully will take place later this year. But what we can say, or at least for what I can say, because it's my opinion, um, I would say Fury's the best British boxer based on accomplishments, results and performances in the last 15 years. So since Lennox Lewis retired, basically. I put him above after Saturday night's performance. I put him above Joe Calzaghe, who I have a huge amount of respect for, and Ricky Hatton, who I followed for his entire career and really, really enjoyed watching. I think Fury's just done that bit more in terms of beating top, top opposition. And certainly in the case of Klitschko, when he was at his absolute peak. And even Wilder had never lost before. He knocked out everyone he faced. You know, even Stiverd, who was the only man to took him a distance, knocked him out in a rematch. And the only person he hasn't been able to stop is, of course, Fury. Um, so just yeah best British boxer of the past 15 years for me and the two best British overseas performances of any weight of the last 15 years as well so all you can do is take your hat off to the Gypsy King now I could talk about Fury for another 10 minutes quite easily but there was some other action over the weekend that I should quickly round up um, on Saturday night leading into the Fury pay-per-view there was a show at York Hall in Bethnal Green which saw Brad Foster um, beat Lucian Reed in their rematch for the British and Commonwealth Super Bantamweight titles incredibly impressive performance um, stopped him, I think it was round six, I'd have to double check, but um, a draw the first time around, Reed looked unlucky, most people had him ahead, so real redemption there for uh, Foster, and not only that, we saw an upset, and probably uh, Reed, I think, was the betting favourite for that, so two upsets really in the top two fights, as Umar Sadiq rebounded from his loss to Zach Shelley not too long ago, and defeated Cody Davis um, after the pair had their kind of um, altercation at the press conference kept it a bit more civil at the weigh-in and then in the ring Sadiq was for the most part in charge and outpointed Davis so fair play to him Davis is still young and talented enough to come back though so that's good to know um, on Friday night also at York Hall we saw the semi-finals of the MTK Golden Contract Tournament best domestic show of the year so far on paper and as it turned out in practice um, O'Hara Davis got past a surprisingly spirited Jeff Afori um, but class told in the end. Um, and Tyrone McKenna took a highly controversial decision over Mohamed Mamoun, who looked incredibly hard done by, but now everyone does get to see the um, su uh, light welterweight or super lightweight final that a lot of people wanted, the grudge match 
between Davis and McKenna. In the 160, 162, no, I don't think so, 126 pound division, featherweight, we saw uh, Ryan Walsh come through a potentially tricky tie against Tyrone McCullough, um, getting to him in the end and getting him um, and winning on points. Um, we thought I thought he was going to stop him towards the end, um, but just missed out on that seven hundred seven and a half grand knockout bonus. Um, but a very slippery Tyrone McKenna who had a good first four rounds, but Walsh gradually worked him out and then ground him down um, and was a well worthy winner at the end. Um, and in the other one, the one that everyone was anticipating, the nominal main event on the evening. We saw Jazza Dickens put up a great display to get past Lee Wood, the Commonwealth champion, and go into the final against Walsh. Um, the two fights, the two finals I'm really looking forward to, particularly because I'm not sure McKenna really did enough to book his place in the final, the featherweight um, final between Jazza Dickens and Ryan Walsh. And the winner of that has certainly got a platform and, of course, a promotional contract to go further. But all of that, and it was a great boxing weekend, truly belongs to Tyson Fury. Um, Nothing more I can say that hasn't already been said, really, but just it's been a pleasure to watch him, and I'm so, so glad that he's finally shown what a lot of doubters have um, considered unproven over the years, in that you know, he's talked a good game, he's always looked talented, but he's only had that one big win over Klitschko, and then he fell apart and disappeared. Well, now he's got another huge win to add to it, and it's a great resume, and it's still only just beginning. He's still quite young in heavyweight terms. So let's see if this time around he can add to that legacy. Love to know your thoughts below, particularly on Fury, how impressed you were with his performance, what you'd like to see him to do next. Will we keep Sugar Hill Stewart as his trainer? If not, who should he go with next or who should he go back to if you feel a reunion with one of his former trainers should be on the cards? Let me know what you think below and I'll respond to some of the comments. I'll be back next week, Monday, for Reflections, 4.30pm, and also this Thursday for Flexpectations, looking ahead to Jesse Vargas and Mikey Garcia, among other things, at the weekend, 4.30pm on Thursday. Thanks as ever for your time and I'll see you all soon. Cheers.